Welcome to episode eight of the Digital Brand Envy podcast, using messenger marketing to grow an e-commerce business. Now, this is one of those episodes where even if you don't have an e-commerce business, you're going to want to tune in because you are going to walk away with some really actionable tips and strategies to use messenger marketing to grow your own business, regardless of the type of business you have. So with me on the show today is going to be Corey Smith, one of our first ever clients from way back in the day. And he is the founder of Mighty Paw, and their company sells really amazing dog products. So if you have a dog, check them out. It's mightypaw.com. But he also really heavily utilizes Amazon to sell his products as well. And what I love about Corey's story and about his business is he always keeps customer service at the forefront. So a lot of people can get really spammy with Messenger and chatbots. But Mighty Pot has really stayed away from that, and they use messenger marketing to learn more about their customers so that they're sure they're putting the right products in front of them that they can relate to and that they can use so they're not getting bombarded with a million different messages. So without further ado, I'm going to share my interview with Corey, and make sure to, that you listen till the end because he is going to share some really insightful information about what's worked, what hasn't worked, and what he is most excited about in 2019. Without further ado, here is my interview with Corey Smith. You're listening to the Digital Brand Envy Podcast, where we believe creating an impactful customer journey is the biggest opportunity to grow any business. Sales funnel strategist Michelle Caruana will let you in behind the scenes of the campaigns and launches her team is working on while highlighting what's working and what's not to attract an audience and convert them into customers and raving fans so you can achieve your own envy-worthy brand. All right. Hey, Corey, welcome to the Digital Brand Envy Podcast. How are you today? Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here and I'm uh, doing well. We have a, it's not a rainy day here in Rochester, so, so life is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I know we had such a nice weekend, but now it's back to reality. But <laughs> Yep. Absolutely. Right. So I'm really, really excited for this interview. You guys were actually one of our first clients when we started way back in the day. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. So can you give us a brief interview of the products that you sell and where you sell them primarily. Yeah, yeah. And again, thanks for having me. It's uh, We've been through uh, a couple of years now of, of working together and um, I've learned a ton from you guys and I really appreciate all the work that we've done together and, and helped us grow to where we are today. And um, Yeah, so uh, again, the company, we're Mighty Paw, we're you know, we're a um, physical products company that um, sells primarily dog uh, training gear and um, as far as I guess the, the marketplaces that we sell on, uh, we're primarily on our website, so mightypaw.com. Uh, we sell on Amazon, uh, and we've taken um, our Amazon business into Europe and some other countries as well. So we are in Amazon UK, Amazon DE or Germany, uh, Spain, France, and Italy, and we're also we also sell on Amazon Canada. So um, you know, Amazon is just a unique marketplace where uh, there's so much traffic and so many eyeballs on there that people are there to buy and are there to shop and um, if we can create a good listings, Amazon can be such a, a huge thing for us. Um, so yeah, Amazon's there. And then we also sell on walmart.com and we also have our stuff listed on, on Etsy and um, our, we also have a, a fairly big wholesale business with our main customer being chewy.com. Um, we also have a few smaller uh, e-commerce stores and, and retailers that just that buy from us in, in wholesale and, um, they list our stuff there. 
Awesome. So I know you said that Amazon is one of your uh, main places that you sell um, in addition to all those other places. That's awesome. Um, so what challenges, I know we've talked about this a little bit, just you and I, but what were some of the challenges that you were facing when it comes to selling on third-party websites? So like your Amazon, things like that, as opposed to your own website. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because Amazon is, is totally a, uh, it's a love-hate relationship. You know, they are, I love them to death because there's so much traffic there and, and um, the, the ecosystem that they've built is so customer friendly and I mean, people have just adapted 100% to this two-day shipping or one-day shipping and they want things quickly and consistently and uh, Amazon has certainly nailed that. Um, but because they have so much traffic there, um, it almost leads us brands into whatever they want us to be. Like we have to just march in line to that. So that comes the hate part. But um, <laughs> certainly uh, the heart, probably the biggest thing, because again, our 100% goal is a lot of people tailor their, their business to just white label anything and sell on Amazon. And they don't, they don't really have a brand focus or a customer in mind. And that's never been our mantra. We are 100% dedicated to building Mighty Paw as a brand that's uh, very focused on a specific customer and, and solving a specific problem. And being, um, you know, being this, this full, full-hearted brand. So uh, Amazon makes that very difficult. Um, the, biggest, the biggest hurdle being they still own the customer and the customer data. So, you know, when we, when we sell to a, a customer, we feel like it's our customer right? they bought, they bought from Mighty Paw. Um, but the truth is they're Amazon's customer and Amazon doesn't, doesn't share their real email address. doesn't share the phone number. Uh, we do get their, their physical address. So we have to ship things to them obviously, but, um, it definitely leaves a disconnect from that customer feeling like they are, they, you know, they are a mighty paw customer. Because a lot of times you can go up to someone on the street and like, hey, where'd you get that awesome leash? You know, I don't know, maybe three out of four times they say Amazon, and the other fourth they're like, oh, it's a Mighty Paul leash. So it's 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 a weird it's a weird time for I guess brands that are are really selling on Amazon and doing a big business on Amazon because it's there's a, a yeah just a, a a more loyal following to this Amazon world than than to the company that actually made the item. So. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's always a challenge, you know, owning that customer data. And, um, you know, there are automated messaging services that you can use within Amazon's system, but you're still messaging through Amazon's platform. So uh, essentially it's buyer-seller messaging, you know, Mighty Paws messaging through Amazon, and um, their algorithm is so smart. Like, you, you, you can't add your links to things. You can't send people off Amazon at all. You can't ask for... Um, you know, you can't promote or do any marketing or ask for reviews in a, in a very direct way that's biasing things. Um, or they either suspend your account or they will um, just block email from going through. So they really dialed in on that. Yeah, it's good. It's good for customers, but it definitely poses a challenge for brands. Uh, I've definitely seen that firsthand with you guys. But you guys, I think, do a great job um, of branding yourself. You guys have a lot of really great um, product videos. I love that. But um, you talked a lot about, in the beginning, about all of the traffic on Amazon. So can you talk a little bit about how people actually, when they say they type in dog leash or dog collar, how does Amazon work in the decision that it makes to show what products that it shows first, and how do people find your Mighty Paw products? Yeah, so um, the Amazon algorithm is, is super smart and really impressive, and I mean, there are a lot of 
brilliant people that try to figure it out and no one really knows the true formula and it's it's certainly multifaceted where there's they take so many variables but the the two main drivers um, that are very obvious are sales velocity and conversion rate under a specific keyword so uh, for example our our hands-free dog leash it's a hands-free bungee dog leash we might be number one on page one for hands-free bungee dog leash because you know when someone types that in we convert really well at a say a 40 percent conversion rate when someone clicks on our listing and we sell a certain amount of volume through that keyword but when someone types in bungee leash we might be on page four because they may be looking for a non-belted or non-running bungee leash they might want a, a different type of bungee leash for example so it's very smart it's not specific to a category or a niche it's just it's 100% driven through that that search term that the customer puts in there. So uh, the cool part about Amazon is they they will actually give you the the, the sales velocity number. They call it a BSR, best seller ranking. So you can see it on any listing you go to on Amazon and scroll down um, to I think it's around the, the product description, uh, and they'll say this this is the BSR is 1,000 or 1,507 in the pet category for training collars. And if you can see that number and say, well, how, how can I rank as well as this competitor? As long as you can make your product have a similar BSR for, uh, I think it's around eight to 12 days, somewhere in that range, um, Amazon will, will actually rank you into a similar position as them. So it's a, it's a fairly predictable formula in some ways, but other times you're just confused. It's like, well, that should have worked and it didn't necessarily work in that, that same realm. Um, so those are two of the big factors in uh, sales velocity, how many sales a day you're getting uh, consistently also. So you can't have a 40 sale day and then no sales for a week and then 40 sale day. Like they want to they see a consistent uh, sales trickle and um, certainly the conversion rate. And, and they do give you your conversion rate. How many people go into your listing and actually end up being a buyer? Um, and then there's other, there's other parts of, of the algorithm that they take into account as far as uh, all sellers have a, uh, a seller score. So the longer you've been selling on Amazon's platform, customers can give you feedback. And if you have a very uh, a very warm seller score, then they tend to rank you a little bit higher because you're going to give your, their customers a better experience. Um, they, they measure defect rate and return rate. So if you're, you have a, a product that gets a lot of returns, you instantly will lose rank. And they want, they want again, just great customer experiences. They're, they're really good at that and they, they know what customers want and they want to put those products uh, at the front of the line. What about product reviews? Do those still play a factor in the product rank? So if say a product has a very similar uh, VSR of similar seller rating, but one leash has a three star, you know, a hundred three star reviews and one other product has a hundred five star reviews. Does that play a factor? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That, that plays a role. Um, it was interesting over the last, uh, I think it's probably six to eight months. They've they've they actually are giving buyer accounts more weight. So someone that is a, a very natural five six year shopper on Amazon, if they leave um, a one star review on an account, that actually gets weighted higher than new buyers that left five star reviews. So you could have you know four, yeah you could have four or five star reviews and one one star review you think you could just figure out the average but it's it's a completely different average than you think so what if and you might not know this i'm just curious what happens if somebody only leaves like one star reviews does their weight get 
changed because they might not have good intentions or does, do you know if Amazon takes that into account? Cause a lot of times when we get like a one star review, I'll look like I'm say on Google cause we don't sell on Amazon, but say somebody leaves us a one star review on Google, I'll go and look at their other reviews. And sometimes if there's like a slew of five star reviews, then I'm, then I take it a little bit more seriously. And I'm like, wow, you know, this customer went out of their way, you know, to give us a one star when that's not really, that's not usually their behavior. Whereas if somebody has, you know, reviewed 10 businesses with a one star in the last week and they're all very similar and they seem to have, you know, some sort of agenda then I'm like, okay, maybe something is a little bit deeper here, but do you know if Amazon looks at that? I'm just curious. Yeah. I, I don't know as far as like how their, their previous ratings go, if that plays a role, but that's, that is a really good point. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to do yeah. some research there. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised because yeah, I mean, some people are just tough raters or naturally pessimistic and, right. um, you know, their score shouldn't be, um, you know, the same across the board like that, but yeah. And, and but I think even innately, if you have a, a listing that has a three out of five star reviews, it's actually going to convert less. So your conversion rate is going to be lower. So, I mean, right. no matter what the, uh, you're going to lose rank if you're, if you can't maintain a high social proof and, and obviously have a highly rated product because that's, that is definitely the, you know, one of the top driving forces. If it's not price, it's, it's, you have four, four or four and a half, five star product. And um, as soon as you see that, cause we'll, we'll measure conversion rate and we'll see a product that went from five out of five stars to four and a half stars. And as soon as you see that a half a star gone, that conversion rate will drop three or four points overnight really. So there's a lot of weight on that. Interesting. So I think we'll discuss reviews a little bit more in a few minutes, but kind of going back to just the nature of Amazon and how you don't necessarily own your customer information and how that's been a struggle for you. Why is, because a lot of people might not know, why is obtaining that customer information important to you or really to any business? Yeah, um, really because we want, I mean, we want to create a brand that people can connect with and be uh, proud of and, and want to be, feel like they're in a community around that. And if we can't communicate with them, like we've lost all that, you know, so, um, but other, I mean, we just want to give people the content they want. And our goal has always been to create raving fans around my pod and people that we want to go just tell their friends, like, you know, I've got this awesome dog seatbelt, you know, makes my dog stay in the back seat. He's happy. He doesn't get tangled. Like we want them to share that because it's helping them and, you know, it's giving both their dog and them a better experience and a little bit of an easier trip to the store or wherever they're going. Um, so that's you know it's with our main goals being creating a brand and creating raving fans like we can't do it if we can't talk to them afterwards and um right uh, we want to be able to tailor content and products to their needs and we want to continue to serve them in more ways in the future and um that makes it really hard we can't talk to them so um, we need to be clever and find out ways that okay even though they are amazon's customers how can we still open up this wave of communication and you know, one of the, the easiest ways is through insert cards. So, you know, we've, we've tested many different insert cards as far as just, you know, become a Mighty Paw VIP and, and sign up on our, for our newsletter and our, our promotional list to follow us on Instagram, you know, show off your dog, hashtag Mighty Paw, follow us at Mighty Paw Dogs, stuff like that. Um, and most recently, we've done a lot of stuff with, with messenger marketing and, and trying to get people to join our, our, um, a Facebook messenger list, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, some more depth, but um, we've tried a lot of those things and any way to just 
stay in contact with them and, and let them tell us what they want to see more of and hear more of and, and go from there. Yeah, so you, mess you mentioned messenger marketing. So I believe you guys use ManyChat, which is what we use as well. Um, it's free to get started unless you, you know, have a certain number of subscribers or a certain number of um, growth tools. And if you don't use ManyChat, um, it just means a way of obtaining customer information. So one growth tool might be a landing page. One growth tool might be um, an opt-in on your customer chat page or something like that. Um, but it's free to get started. But the reason I wanted to bring you on the show is because a lot of people will hear the word chatbot or hear messenger marketing and they'll automatically think that it's spammy because, you know, unfortunately when you opt into one person who's doing it wrong and then they message you every single day, multiple times a day with, you know, a lot of hard sells, it can turn people off. And, you know, it's that old adage, you know, one bad apple ruins the bunch. So <laughs> unfortunately enough people have abused messenger marketing now where it's kind of gotten a bad reputation. So the reason I wanted to bring you on is because I think you guys use messenger marketing in a really authentic way that actually serves customers and gives them, you know, the information that they want and need, not in that kind of, you know, slimy sales tactic way. So what is your reaction when I say that a lot of people assume that all messenger marketing is bad or spam? Yeah. So my, my initial thought is like, I can understand you know, because of those few bad apples that certainly um, use it for spam. I mean, that's that's what they're doing. So they um, they can you know annoy customers and and just be that you know that oh man, it's another red notification that I have to click on, and it's not going to be anything productive. So um, you know, I get it. You know, and there's um, it's just you have to be one step one step ahead of that. You know, and and try to make sure that um, we're living up to the the image that we want to and and make sure our customers know that we value them and we're not trying to spam them and we want to just have a, a more natural conversation. And um, I don't, I don't know the data behind it, but I know there have been several studies published that looked at um, interviewed customers and said, do you prefer to have, you know, a live conversation? And the answer is yes. You know, people, people would rather, you know, when they go to shop on a website, they see the little bubble that says, do you have a question? People like that live chat interaction. Um, and a lot of it is, even on, on websites, are, they start off as, as bots or an automated system, and then you can get to a live person eventually. And, and um, that's what we do also. And I think that's what kind of makes it more natural is uh, someone is monitoring or, or gonna respond to our messenger bots. So even though you're getting an automated system or automated flow um, to the conversation, if you have a genuine need to talk to somebody, you will get to somebody and, and we'll get back to you. Yeah, and I think that's a big misconception, and we talk about it in another podcast episode, but again, one of the biggest misconceptions is that it has to be 100% automated from start to finish because they hear the word bot, and it's just not true. You know, there can be a level of human intervention depending on, you know, of course, the size and scale of the business, but it doesn't have to be that very robotic, automated field. There can be um, almost like a choose-your-own-adventure type scenario where, you know, a lot of the frequently asked questions, they can get answered instantly by, you know, whatever, however the marketer or business set up the path to be. But again, if they're, they don't have a frequently asked question or they, you know, have a concern or something else, they can, you can put a human aspect in there and you can direct them to a live person. So a lot of people don't realize that. So I'm glad that you called attention to that. Yeah. So, and the way many chats set up, so, sorry to interrupt, is, is you can, 
I mean, because a lot of people that are growing business, they want automation, they want systems, and they don't want to have to have, you know, three hours of the day overseeing a, a messenger flow that's coming in. Um, and ManyChat does a great job, and you can set notifications. You know, if someone selects this response or, or types in this way, then you get an email notification or a Facebook notification that says, you know, so-and-so has a question or so-and-so had a negative experience. You, you should jump in and, and intervene at this point. So it's, they do a really great job of making it as automated as it, as it can be, but still giving the customers the interaction and the experience that, that they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. And just to reiterate what you said earlier, a lot of customers have that expectation now. You know, it might feel icky or it might feel wrong as a brand or somebody who cares, you know, really um, passionately about your customers to want to automate that process. You know, a lot of businesses have, you know, customer satisfaction on the forefront, so they don't want to automate it. But again, that's leaving money on the table and it's also might hurt their customer satisfaction rating in an attempt to save it because people want instant answers. You know, in the age of Amazon and in the age of information, people want their uh, questions answered right away. So um, customers are liking it as long as you are, you know, not spamming them. And it's a great way to, to enhance your customer's experience, not detract from it if done correctly. So we're getting a little um, into the details, but how did you guys first get started with messenger marketing? So how did you guys hear about it and what was kind of your first experience with it? Um, so I think we, we had, we've come across it and, uh, I don't know if it was a podcast or, or if it was a, in a, in a course that I was in, but, um, we essentially just, we, we thought of it as a way to, you know, look as a next level newsletter, next level, um, you know, we use, we use MailChimp for our, our, our emails and our newsletters and our promos and all that stuff. And, um, you know, we had just seen the trends where the open rates weren't. Uh, weren't what they used to be and um, you know the click rates were even worse and so uh, we had just seen some data like this is a new wave of people are opening and people are clicking and and this is something that people like and uh, we should see if this is an opportunity for us as well so, so. We, we got started very basically with um, just some kind of fun um, fun posts where we had we had had a picture of my dog playing in water or um, some other Mighty Pod dogs that were playing in water and running around and just uh, ask people to share um, if they have a water dog. And um, so they would, they would post a picture. Um, then we would have an automated message that would, that would message them and say, um, like, your dog, great picture of your dog. You know, thanks for, thanks for the message. Um, and then we would, we would offer them something. Hey, did you know we have a waterproof collar? That's 30% off if you're interested. Uh, click and subscribe and, and if they didn't want to they didn't have to and they wouldn't they wouldn't opt in but if they were interested then they could, could join our, our our newsletter so or our our subscriber list so we we started off with just dabbling into some random things like that and uh, certainly progressed deeper into more you know formal lead generation stuff and um you know we even got into the qr code stuff which unfortunately it's you know, like it's going away with so it's all back and forth just testing and having fun with um just all the different um, tools that ManyChat has. Yeah, so you mentioned a little bit about how much of a difference you've been seeing in just industry standard-wise in open rates and click-through rates, but something that I think is really underrated and what I think that you guys recognized really quickly, which worked out well for you, is that it's a lot easier to get somebody to opt in to a Facebook Messenger bot 
um, or sequence than it is to get them to provide their email address and opt in to like an email lead magnet. So not only are people responding more to uh, messenger-based communication, but it's also easier to get them to opt in. So what are some creative ways other than that dog picture? I love that one. So if anyone, if you guys tune into the episode about ManyChat, that is a Facebook comments growth tool um, that Corey mentioned, and we'll break that down um, in an upcoming episode. But again, can you share some other creative ways that you've gotten customers to opt into your ManyChat list? Yeah, so we, um, we've done it a few ways. So we, with, with the different growth tools in ManyChat, uh, certainly the engagement uh, growth tool where essentially you, you put a post up, we've done... Um, giveaway. So when a, a $250 shopping spree to MightyPaw.com, just comment contest in the post and we'll send you a message with details. So we've done a, a bunch of different lead gens of that, tested um, Amazon gift cards or cash giveaways, uh, MightyPaw shopping sprees, um, bundles of products. And um, those were always, you know, people love free stuff. And uh, so that those are always, you know, an easy way to get involved to that. So um, that's all, that worked well. Um, we've also done uh, it's called the growth tool called it's called a ref URL growth tool where you can just create a link. Um, and it's a, just a shortened link that the customer clicks on. It automatically sends uh, them a Facebook message. So um, we've done that on different landing pages and um, quick funnels and and things like that. And we have also put them on our insert cards that um, get people to just go to this link and, and it, it sets it up from there. Um, most recently, uh, we, we have a, all of our products come with a 90 day satisfaction guarantee, guarantee, sorry. Um, but we've also offered a, a boosted warranty, a lifetime warranty for folks that um, want to enter our um, subscriber list. So everyone gets uh, an insert card. It's a, a big insert card. You, you fold it out and um, they can either use the QR code until it goes away or they can go to this ref URL and essentially as soon as they go that it gives them a message that says, please just enter the UPC code of your product and your order ID uh, and your email address, which then is automatically zapped to our MailChimp list. So now we have two points of engagement with them. They are you know, on our uh, many chat subscriber list and we have their email um, and that gets them a lifetime warranty. So they're, they're happy because they get you know, a product for life and you know, now we have information on them so we can stay in contact with them. So, We've, we've literally used um, a lot of different ways to just get people to inter engage with us, interact, and uh, get on our subscriber list. And QR codes, ref URLs, and then, and then engagement posts are probably the three biggest ones. So my favorite way that you guys have gotten people to opt in on your list is um, the dog quiz. So what dog breed is your spirit animal? That one is my favorite one, and I use that one as an example all the time. Because people love quizzes, first of all. They love, you know, uncovering facts about themselves. They're just curious. It's a good um, time instructor for them. So what I love about the quiz that you did, so just to give everybody a little bit of an overview, basically you answered a series, a series of questions. So I think it was, um, you know, how do you like your coffee? What, what is your dress style? What is your music style? Like a couple, you know, random questions. That was pretty easy to set up, I think. And then it gave you a dog breed. And what I loved about that is not only does it get people opted in, but it also gives you an opportunity as a business owner to get some background information on them. So, you know, of course, you don't necessarily need to know how your customers take their coffee, but it opens up a conversation. So, you know, you can follow up and say, you know, something like, oh, I saw you got a 
So just um, to give another example for us, we've used a quiz that will let people know if they're ready for Facebook advertising. So it's geared at new business owners and we'll say, okay, answer these five questions and we'll tell you whether or not you're ready to get started with Facebook advertising. And in getting that information, we can not only say, okay, you're, you're almost ready. Then we can tailor content that we follow up with them with and say, okay, you're almost ready. Here are some tips so that you can cross that line and actually make it so that you are going to be set up for success. So of course the dog reef spirit animal one was a little bit silly, and, <laughs> but there are, there is a huge opportunity for brands, especially ones that, you know, are selling primarily on Amazon or third party websites to gather customer information via a quiz or something fun that people love to take, but it also, again, opens a conversation. So a lot of people, uh, we just did a mini chat challenge, um, a quiz challenge where we let a group of um, business owners through creating their own quiz. And a lot of them had that misconception at the beginning, like, I don't want to spam my customers. I don't want them to go through a bot sequence. But again, really just reiterating that it opens a door for communication and it allows you as a marketer or brand to tailor the content that you're giving to them. So if one of the questions was, oh, do you have a big dog or a small dog? Okay, now you know, say I answered big dog because I have a golden retriever. Now you know that, okay, this new product that we're launching, you know, I know that you said you have a big dog, so you might be interested in this. Or, you know, I know you guys have some education products, like you have a dog training ebook. Um, that might be something that I would be interested in if I have a large dog. Or if I said I had a puppy, you know, you guys have products that I would definitely be interested in. So again, just going back and reiterating, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but um, again, one of the biggest misconceptions is that they're all about spam, but really it just elevates that ability to really tailor content to a customer and move them closer to not only making their first buying decision, but like you said, creating a raving fan and a loyal buyer. So yeah, just had to, yeah. I just shout out that quiz. It's <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah, no, thanks for bringing that up. And it, it is, it's a lot of fun and, and you nailed it, I think, because I mean, if you can create something that your customers are going to find fun and engaging and also get some valuable information from them, I mean, that is, that's a win-win. That's great. And, and we did similar things. I mean, we, we want to know are, I mean, are they active or not? I mean, do they, do they like to hike and run? Are they um, just kind of an everyday, you know, TV watcher and, and either way is obviously great. And, um, but we want to tailor our message to them. So if we know someone is a hiker, we can say, Hey, we have a hands-free hiking leash that you can you can promote to them later on, or um, it, it just tailor content to them. If we have you know a hiking guide that's coming out or a travel guide, we might want to tailor it to them. And um, if you have a big dog or small dog, are you tall or short? Like all these things that are are very valuable for us to know. Just one more detail about our customers to um, give them the exact stuff that they need. And um, it was fun because yeah, I mean people were like, how did they, how did this work? And then, then they would take the quiz again and then choose some different answers and then they would get a different dog. They're like, oh my gosh, like this is this is fun. So very, yeah, very good. absolutely. And um, just to again call out one more time um, that you know a lot of times uh, you know things like messenger marketing get a bad name because people misuse them, but also because there's just you know as consumers today we're getting messages all the time. So we're seeing TV commercials, radio commercials. If you listen to podcasts, there might be ads. Um, you're scrolling Facebook or Instagram, there's ads. There's you know other people using messenger marketing. Now it's a little bit more mainstream than when you first started. But if you can say, say you send 10 messages a week, but if you can segment your many chat list, if that's the tool you're using, and send 
three perfectly tailored messages to a customer instead of all 10 that you would send to say your entire list, that's not only going to you know, improve that customer's experience with you, but it's also probably going to increase your conversion rate because you're not, you're not mass messaging. So very, a lot of people don't realize that very similar to email marketing, you can segment your many chat list. So once they make a choice on that quiz, say you can then tag them and say, okay, this person has a big dog. So next time I release something that's only meant for miniature dogs, I will not bother them with this because that's going to just be noise and it's going to irritate them. So it reduces the overall noise that we're kind of pushing at our customers as marketers. And again, really make sure that we're only sending them relevant information. So really it's, again, meant to help the customer and not necessarily fill up their inbox with useless information. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, with the way you can segment things and tag folks, I mean, again, with our business being in the U.S. and Canada and Europe, like we, we have subscribers on all these lists. We don't want to send the people in Europe uh, a U.S. special or a U.S. promo. Like We need to be able to tag those and segment those. And it's so easy to do with a, with a simple tag. Um, yeah. And there are some um, really creative, clever ways people are using uh, messenger marketing in, in the consumable space where you can get someone that's on a 30-day supplement or a 30-day skincare line and send them a message perfectly timed, like, oh, I'm getting a little low on this, like, here's 20% off. Like, you can really just drive home your business and, and increase your life value of these customers and, and do things really, really clever. And, um, that's something we, we look to do in the, you know, in the coming, we have poop bags and we know poop bags run out at some point. So if we can uh, time that and um, get people at the right time and, and give them exactly what they need when they need it, like that's great. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of those clever strategies, can you give us a little bit of an overview of your product release strategy? So as you mentioned before, when you release a new product on Amazon, it's really important for you to get that um, velocity up. So that when somebody searches, say say you're releasing, we'll use the Martingale collar as an example. Mm -hmm. So say you're releasing a Martingale collar, you need to make sure that you get a certain number of sales interviews in a certain time period to make sure that when customers search Martingale collar on Amazon, that it actually goes to the top. Um, so if you could give us a little bit of an overview of how you accomplish that with messenger marketing, because... I know a lot of our clients recently have been podcasters or authors that want to release that. For podcasters, it's like the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. For, <laughs> authors, it's, for authors, it's like the bestsellers list. Um, and very similar to Amazon, you have to reach that certain velocity. So with iTunes, I believe you have to get like 100 reviews in a 24-hour time period. With the Amazon bestsellers list, you have to get a certain ranking in that category. So um, I know this will be helpful to people across all industries. So can you give us a little overview of that strategy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, it's really just uh, some, some forward planning, I think, where uh, we have strategically built um, tester clubs and, and fan clubs where um, they know that they're in a unique position to get things, get our products at a discount as soon as they come out. Um, and they've been educated in, on the process before, um, before we launch a new product, and we tell them ahead of time. We just launched our, our brand new two-handle dog leash that comes with our Rock Climbers Carabiner Clip. And um, uh, so, you know, number one, we, we plan ahead. We say, well, what are the main keywords that we want to rank for, which would be the same for anybody that was, you know, what, is it a business book that they're launching and they want to rank for? Like, what are the, what are the 
keywords we want to rank for. Do we want to go after the main one or do we want to try to get some longer tail ones? And then there are tools out there that will actually predict the amount of sales you need per day under these keywords to, to get onto page one or to the top of page one. So we'll actually do that math ahead of time. And we'll say, all right, we'd like these seven keywords for our two handle dog leash. We think we're going to need to sell um, 400 over an eight day period. So then we, we divide it down by eight and say, okay, we need to do this. Now, how many people do we need to message each day and, and offer them this, um, you know, this prom promotion or this deal to get this product done in a specific manner. So, um, yeah, we do that, but we, you know, we have this big group of test clubs and we use messaging marketing specifically for this because it's fast. It's right on time. We know they're going to open it right away. Um, and it's easy to communicate. If they have an issue with the order or if something didn't work right, they can tell us and we can fix it right out of that versus, you know, email is not slow necessarily, but it can easily add, 48, 72 hours to a process that is very, very time constrained for us. Um, so, um, messenger marketing is huge on that where, you know, we'll, we'll literally message the group of folks three days before we're going to launch and say, Hey, guess what? We have this awesome opportunity. We're launching a new product. Um, it's yours for whatever discount or whatever incentive you want to do as part of this launch. Um, I know a lot of uh, folks in the podcast space will, um, offer a, a course or offer a, a you know, a consult or offer a, an extra guide or some sort of pre-recorded thing that will just incentivize folks to, to buy on a certain day that will just launch them to where they want to be. Um, and same thing for us. So we can incentivize with a discount or we can say, hey, if you order this, then we'll send you some free toys or um, our free ebook. Anything we can do to just encourage them to take that one step because we are asking for something from them. So we want to make sure that they're rewarded for their efforts as well. Um, so... Yeah, and we do that. And, and the nice part again is after they purchase the item, we, we know that they purchased the item, they send us our order ID and we can follow up with them very quickly and say, hey, did it arrive? And was it in good shape? Was there anything that we needed to fix? Um, and we say, oh, have fun with it for the next couple of weeks and we'll follow up with you to make sure that you love the product and we'd love to have your, your feedback on it. And we send them a very, very simple survey through Messenger, not Facebook Messenger. It says, you know, rate it one, five, one to five. Um, what'd you like about it? What did you hate about it? And then um, we asked them that afterwards to post a review on Amazon. And we have to be strategic on that too because we can't, right. on Amazon, we can't get 100 reviews in one day. They're gonna be like, what the, what the heck is this? Like, this is clearly fake reviews. Um, so we have to tell them, like, calm down a little bit. Let's just, you five will leave reviews today and we can, we can very much specifically message people in a very trickle down way where, um, it works to our, our favor where you know, social proof is coming, um, but it's not, I guess, flagging anything in Amazon's eyes. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about that too is not only does it improve your Amazon ranking and get you reviews, but it also gives you some really valuable feedback that you might not have had otherwise. So mm -hmm. a lot of times if we have people that are utilizing, clients that are utilizing messenger marketing and they're thinking about releasing a new product or a new course or something like that, We'll have them survey their audience before and after the launch. So, you know, we'll make sure that before, you know, they spend all of the time developing um, and all of that stuff, we'll make sure that it's, first of all, something that they want, something that they're willing to spend money on. And then we're able to communicate with them, like you said, after the fact and say, okay, how was it? And if you didn't buy, why didn't you buy? Um, things like that. So that we're not only making sure that we're putting out the best products, courses, things like that, but also that we're really nailing it with the messaging 
So on Amazon, like you said, you're a little bit limited, but if we're talking about a course creator or something, you know, these long form sales pages can be, you know, full of copy and text. And if we don't nail the messaging, if people had, if people were left with questions after they read the sales page or after they read the product description and they didn't purchase for that reason, it's equally important to know, um, you know, it's very valuable information to have so that the next launch that comes up, we make sure that, you know, if people didn't understand how to use the product that we're putting, you know, a use uh, a video out there to show people how to use it. Or if it's a course, they didn't understand what they were getting. We make sure that we really drive that home. So of course, it's good for ranking on Amazon and getting reviews, but also just that feedback is, I think, really invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're 100% right. I mean, it's exactly what we want. And, and it, it's such a conversational environment where you can get that feedback in a very easy way. And I mean, if, if you're worried about a customer not wanting to freehand text, I, mean, I think it's great to always give that option. Um, you can give them choices very easily for messenger to say, it was it price or was it I wasn't sure what I was buying or um, I don't I'm not in business or whatever it is like you can very easily get that feedback right away and then follow up with additional questions if you have that exactly so I just want to ask a quick question it wasn't um, just popped in my head but when you were talking about those those ref URL landing pages and when you're talking about a broadcast out to your messenger list how much easier is it for you and your team to put together, say, just uh, an impromptu messenger broadcast or like a ref URL as compared to like a traditional landing page or like a MailChimp email campaign? Is it a lot easier? Is it less time consuming? Yeah, I think now that we have some experience, it's um, it's comparable, I think. But um, initially, the, just like with any new technology, there's a learning curve to it and um, the way that and each had to set up with the buttons and the tags and things where um, if you're not 100% sure like what what the uh, I guess the initial message of the broadcast is and then the customer interacts or doesn't interact you can choose to stop the message or you can have an automated message that also follows up in 15 minutes or a day um, so those depending on how depth you how deep you want that conversation to go uh, it can be quite a bit quite a bit longer but um, the other nice part about um, mini chat is you you can you can have flows like for example our quiz that we have like that's set as its own flow that if we have new subscribers come in we can start a new broadcast based on that and then the third day message or something we can just say yeah let's send that quiz out you know and you can just plug it in and have to recreate the, the quiz um, so I th I'd say it's comparable um, I don't know if it's it's not a whole lot longer, but I don't think it's necessarily easier than a traditional MailChimp campaign that we would send out. Um, but when we compare a 20% or less open rate on MailChimp to a 95% open rate on, on, on ManyChat, it's like, if it does take us 10 minutes longer, let's use the 10 minutes and make sure that it's there. Got it. I was just curious. All right, so let's talk numbers for a second. So. Typically, when you send out, when you do a messenger marketing campaign, what open rates are you seeing? Um, are people actually buying or, you know, because a lot of times we'll get stuck on the vanity metrics. So you might think, okay, an 85% open rate is great, but I'm just curious, what numbers are you seeing and are people actually buying from the strategy and is it impacting your actual business? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're seeing really high open rates with none. I think some maybe our worst performing campaign would, would have an 84% open rate. 
and I'd be like, oh, what happened? What went wrong? You know, and uh, typically it's like mid nineties um, with, with click rates. Um, like our, I, I, before that call, I just wanted to look at some numbers where we had our black Friday promo last year. We sent us uh, a broadcast out and we had 45% of the people click to, to like get the coupon code. It's like, wow, that's, that's pretty insane. We would never get that with an email. Um, so the one step further are people actually buying with these, you know, we can obviously track through promo codes or discounts used and, um, yeah, people use it. I mean, it's all, it's all depends on what, what the deal is, of course. And we'll send some broadcasts that are, um, more for a training call or a niche caller that not everybody wants necessarily. Um, and we'll have, we'll have lower things, but you know, we've had, you know, sales spikes of 30, 40 units, um, in an hour. And we just send this and we don't have a huge list, but we have three or 4,000 subscribers. And, um, so to, to just send something and get a 30 sales right away, 30, 40 sales, like that's, that's helpful, you know, and to be able to turn it on and, you know, and obviously for what we're aware of with ranking and things like that, those sales spikes in, in an audience that we control and we can help with, like, um, it's really, really a valuable asset for us. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times people get hung up on because, you know, you said you have about three to 4,000 subscribers. Those I believe were a lot of times obtained through Facebook ads and things like that. Um, and a lot of times people get hung up on the cost per subscriber and things like that. And while I do think that's very, very important, a lot of times people forget that these are three or 4,000 people that you can continue communicating to. So it's not just a one-time cost. Okay. That's the cost benefit done. Those are three or 4,000 people that every single time you release a new product, have a new promotion, have a new launch, you can then reach back out to them and say, you know, here's this new thing and you don't have to necessarily start from scratch again. So, um, I just wanted to make sure people knew that because of course, you know, you want to make sure you're getting a realistic cost per subscriber, but also that's an asset for your business. Very similar to, um, how people think of an email list. Yeah, you're right. And it's, it's one thing we have, we've done a poor job historically doing is, is understanding this customer lifetime value metrics and, and how important that is. And, um, Cause it's so we do, we have, we calculate everything based on the average cost of sale or average cost of subscriber or whatever it costs or the, whatever it costs to generate a lead, which we want to know that and make sure that it's, um, it's a ballpark. But if we know that every time we get a new subscriber in how much value that, um, we, we can extract from them you know, over a certain period of time, um, it allows us to be okay paying $6 per subscriber or something where uh, when, up front and be like, what are we doing paying $6 subscribers? This is, this is no way to make a uh, business work, you know, but, um, if you know those numbers and you can really drive that home, uh, it's a, it's a totally game changer for your business. Yeah, absolutely. So what new strategies, I'm just curious, are you excited to try in regards to messenger marketing or also in terms of following up with your list after they opt in? Yeah. So the one that we're, we're really most excited about is, um, so we have a lot of customer data now based on this, this new lifetime warranty thing that we've done. So we, we know exactly which items they bought, even if they bought on Amazon, we have the UPC code, which we can certainly tie back to the product. So we know what they have, which we can then figure out what else they should want. Um, and being able to customize offers to these folks based on what they have already bought from us. Um, and the other one is, is what we, I mentioned earlier is, um, if we can 
try to get some recurring business, which is, I think, every business owner's dream. How can we make a recurring business model and, and have subscribers or monthly uh, monthly things? Um, I know other folks that are in the beauty space and supplement space that are just having tremendous success with tailored messenger mark messengers messages that go on a dime every 25 days or whatever. And they know that at 30 days is coming up, they're going to need to order again. Um, and they just have huge success. It's, I mean, I, if I knew I was running out of something and I just got a random message that said, Hey, here's 25% off. I'm like, oh, I need it. Like, this is great. You know, and it's, it's exactly what I would want as a customer. So if we can deliver that as a business owner. Um, it's right on, I think. So uh, we want to build some sort of, of helpful flow like that. It's just recurring and automated. And um, again, we would monitor on the back end, but um, those type of things I think can really, really be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point with the supplement industry and the beauty industry, I've seen a lot of those types of businesses lately giving away um, like a free bottle or a free sample or a free lip gloss, something like that. And it's a messenger ad. So it will say free bottle, um, 30 day supply, click here, and it sends them to a many chat sequence. And it will say, okay, we'll send you a free bottle if you answer these questions and subscribe. So, you know, people, because as we said, they like free stuff, they'll go through the process, they will, you know, send their information, get their free bottle. And then as you said, that supplement or beauty company will then be free to follow up with them every, they know they sent a 30 day supply or they know they sent a five day sample. So they know exactly the frequency that they need to be following up with that customer. Um, and also like Sephora is a great example. Sephora is doing a lot with face with messenger marketing. They will have people opt in with that either free product or discount. And then they'll be able to tell exactly what that customer will be interested in next. So I know that with a lot of brands, there's like a gateway product. So there's, you know, for you, this might be off, but it might be like, say, poop bags or like a leash. Mm -hmm. um, and then we kind of are moving them up the product line to more premium items. So for Sephora, it could be, you know, a very popular mascara. And then we're moving them towards eyeshadow. And then we're moving them towards an entire palette. And then we're moving them towards skincare. So um, kind of walking those customers up the value ladder, but in a really authentic way based on what they've already expressed interested in is one of my favorite ways that people are starting to recognize and use messenger marketing. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's exactly it. And um, we're excited to try, try some things with that. And we've been kicking around um, trying to do, uh, our, we have our dog clicker and a dog whistle for training and, you know, how can we use that as a, a free plus shipping type of thing or um, to just get people in and just walk them up the value chain and um, with click funnels and use one click upsell with a Shopify store. Uh, folks are familiar with that. Um, it's just a really great and easy way to, you know, tailor offers to customers and, and kind of meet them where they are. Absolutely. I love that. So, um, so Facebook messenger marketing and mar messenger marketing in general, you see it as part of your 2019 strategy then moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and, and definitely, and in a lot of ways, uh, a lot of the ways we talked about, and um, it's a huge part of our launch strategy for all new products. We have our tester groups there, and um, it's such a, a, a convenient and easy way to have that conversation. Um, but anytime we have a promotion, we can send a broadcast and just and make sure everybody is um, on board with what we're doing. And um, the one thing I think we have struggled a little bit with is, is how best to use uh, messenger marketing for content, you know, and to send a blog post through messenger marketing feels like it, it 
if it's really value driven, sometimes it's okay, but if it's too much, it's, it's very spammy. And exactly, people want, people want that in an email. In my experience, people want that in an email more so than um, than in a Facebook message. So we've backed off a lot on that, um, and yeah, mostly do promotions and, and things that are specific to what they want. And we're using tags a lot more to um, identify who they are and what they want. Yeah, that's great. I love a good content marketing strategy, but as you said. Um, in this particular space, if you're sending, you know, more than one to two messages a week, it can definitely feel um, very invasive. So definitely a fine line there. And it's all about testing, which I love. And something that I love about you guys as well, which is a little rare, is you guys put face Facebook Messenger marketing um, right in the forefront of your strategy. So a lot of people think of it as an afterthought and just say, oh, we're doing this Say we're, say we're doing a course launch. A lot of people will say, oh, we're doing this course launch. They put their entire strategy together and they say, oh, I think we could improve, say, webinar show up rate with this messenger opt-in. And they kind of throw it together. And that what this is what where I was kind of getting at with the question about the time consuming um, is a lot of people think that just because you can send a broadcast in about two minutes doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Um, you know, a lot of times it, it is about intention. It's about doing it strategically so that you're not just throwing stuff in people's inbox. You are really making sure that people are getting the right message. You have a strategy of follow-up depending on how they respond to that message. And, you know, you're really, again, using it to serve your customers and not necessarily just your bottom line. So, um, like I said, I love that you guys put it right at the start of your strategy. You think about it well in advance. You guys are super organized because a lot of times, again, one of the biggest mistakes we see is people think of it as an afterthought and then it's just kind of thrown together and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and um, they don't follow up correctly. So they end up not getting conversions and then they end up never using messenger marketing again because, you know, it's one of those kind of evil cycles that people tend to get into. So, yeah. all right, last Last question. Thank you so much. This was such a helpful interview. I think you gave people some really great examples to get started with, no matter what kind of business they have. So where can people find your products or find more information about you or your business? Yeah. So best place to find us is on our website, mightypaw.com. Um, you can check us out there. Uh, we do sell on Amazon and, and Walmart and Chewy as well. So um, we're, we're primarily on e-commerce stuff, but yeah, check us out, moneypod.com. Uh, and if there are any specific questions for, for me about any of the examples I gave, or I'm happy to share some of our flows. If anybody wants to see an example of our spirit dog quiz, um, you can email me at Corey at moneypod.com and um, be happy to, to share anything I can. Awesome. That sounds great. All right. Thank you yeah. so much, Corey. Sure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, anytime. So thank you so much for tuning in today. That was my interview with Corey Smith of Mighty Paw. Please check out their products if you have a dog, but even if you don't, feel free to interact with them on Facebook Messenger to see their strategies firsthand. And I just want to apologize that the audio was a little bit muffled at times and that there was a little background noise, but Corey works in a really awesome local co-working space here in Rochester, New York. And that's just one of those things that I really felt like the information was more important than the audio. So I'm really glad that I was able to get him on the phone. He's a busy guy, but I really hoped you enjoyed this episode and learned a few tips and strategies about Facebook Messenger marketing. Have a great day, guys.